This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Okay, welcome to the latest DNI Spy episode. I'm Natasha Whitehurst. And I'm Dr. Julie Humphreys. Um, and it is very nice to be here as always. Um, we do always promise a really candid discussion on tricky topics that can sometimes leave people feeling a little bit uncomfortable. Um, and today, I guess the topic probably does make a lot of people, it's very divisive. We're here to talk about banter. Mm, love uh, it or hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people's toes curl at the, uh, mm. the topic of banter. Um, but we can't. But lots of people like it as well. Let's get that straight in there. Yes, yeah, that's very true, very true. Um, and today we are joined by Paul Davis, with, um, who was born in Dulwich, London, um, signed for Arsenal as an apprentice in 1979 and turned professional the following year. Um, he's won many, many trophies and and played multiple times. He's been a youth coach, more recently working with the FA and an ambassador for Kick It Out and Show Racism, the red card. Welcome, Paul. Thank you. Good, good morning, ladies. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. You're oh, welcome. I think we're both like very excited to have you here. We, uh, we've just consumed your book very quickly, both of us, because we were gripped. Mm. Um, it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And my, um, I'll stay straight away, my brother-in-law, who's a massive Arsenal fan, has just been texting me constantly questions to you. So <laughs> I'm only going to do specific ones, not all of them. Excellent. Looking forward to it. So um, each week, um, in line with the topic, we do ask our followers on social media what their thoughts are on the topic at hand. So we asked banter, do people love it? Do they hate it? And to be fair, it was equally split um, with lots of people. Um, yeah, it, again, like I said at the beginning, like very, very divisive. Um, and it's also the question that got like the most interaction on social media. So I guess what you know coming straight over to you Paul what are your thoughts love it hate it yeah it's one of those as you've mentioned there thanks for having me on I'm really um, looking forward to talking to you about this and I think it's um it's great that you've got this platform actually that is quite happy to talk about things that people find difficult to talk about and I think that's really where we need to go next with all of this diversity and inclusion um, work that we are all involved in is that it is it is uncomfortable and um, that willingness to to go and, and and delve into that discomfort is is the challenge that we all face and that's something that I've faced throughout my life looking back on it now I've faced so many challenges and in the, t- the time when, when you're younger, you don't actually, you just go for it. You don't even think about it. Almost. It's like automatic. You just go for challenge. But as, as life goes on and you get older and you get to my sort of time in life, you kind of look back. And part of the reason for the book, actually, was for that, is to kind of look back. And then you go, I was able to actually have a clearer view on stuff because you, you're out of it, you know, Um to a certain extent, um, I was out. I'm out of that football environment where the banter was very strong at times, and you're dealing with it 
at the moment in the moment and then you you know you're still trying to make a career and so there's lots of stuff going on you're young you're not quite sure about yourself so mm. as as you as you get older and you kind of look back on things um i find that you know you, you get clear on on stuff about banter we're talking about banter today so yeah you know i'm, I'm I'm fairly clear on where I am with it and I can see how difficult it is for people to, to talk about. Um, but anything like this is is the way forward for me. Um, uh, it, is, it, it is discomforting. I can see it mm. when when it when it's brought up in a room or people uh, people are dis, are discomfort are, are uncomfortable mm. about talking about it and I think we need to be brave, courageous as individuals to fight the fear and, and, and talk about it anyway, which is which is great that we're doing that today. Yeah, you're right. I mean, when we look at the, you know, if we're going to go back to what it actually means, so uh, the dictionary definition of banter is the playful and friendly exchange of teasing remarks. I mean, like, that's just that's just crazy now because banter does not mean that i don't think in in normal everyday conversation if you talk about banter mm. then there's definitely two sides to it um and and i was really struck in your book actually paul that um you were talking about dressing room jokes um that sometimes depending on race for their punchlines, um and you were say, someone said to you paul it's only banter get that chip off your shoulder and and i think then viv anderson arrived and he laughed that banter off but mm. you said that you couldn't be so forgiving so tell us a little yeah. bit about that yeah that's that's right i mean back when i was in the dressing room we're talking a long time ago probably uh 40 years ago when I first, um, uh, maybe even longer, 45 years ago when I was just trying to make a career for myself at Arsenal and I entered that dressing room and I talk about this in the book in detail so it's it's, it's something that um, I felt at the time and I even feel now is was really important that personally I had to challenge and I talk about how difficult that is. Um, I, I, you know, when you're trying to make a way, and you're only 16, 17, and you're in a room where everyone else is different to you, um, white, middle class, you know, men who are at the top of their game in their profession as footballers. Um, there's, that's a, there's a challenge there for me. Mm. Um, and how you deal with those challenges as they come along is 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 interesting so you know i chose to challenge it at times when it was right or when i felt i could yeah uh, you have to pick your moments when you're when uh, when the numbers are against mm. you so i think that's something that you know you, you kind of just learn to do you have to you can't fight everything you can't well, challenge everything and i thought for me i challenge i, I challenge at the right moments, I thought was going to have some kind of um, advantage yeah. uh, in, in doing so. I didn't feel that challenging when it's nothing's good's going to come of it is going to be of any use to me. So I felt I had to pick my battles, as it were, um, and I did challenge. I did challenge, and I look back on it at the time. I look back on it now, and I think, well, uh, you know, there was something inside. There's something inside you that does things that. Well, for me anyway, I can speak for myself. As you know, I, uh, I've known people that wouldn't challenge stuff, and you know that's how they are. And so everyone's different. Sure. Um, but for me, 
if if I can challenge stuff, and I've done it throughout my my life really. So I, I, if I can challenge stuff, I, I will challenge it. Um, obviously, I'm not going to be stupid. I'm not going to put myself in danger, or you know, no, you have to be calculate. You have to be calculated in in defending yourself. I think so. That's I feel that I've always tried to do that. And I suppose that's where sort of great allyship comes in. And, you know, if you're the lone voice in that dressing room and at times you were the only black player, you know, that's where you hope that other people will sort of also stand up and say, well, actually, that's not a funny joke. That's just racism, you know. And maybe it's a different world now because, you know, because I'm old, as we always say, you know, and I grew up watching the villa in the 80s. Oh, hang so on. that's no a very one, different world. No one here says that you're old. Uh, you do, really. No, you don't look old. You? <laughs> oh, <laughs> if you're an Arsenal, old. I'd love you. <laughs> no, but, they, but, but it was a different world, you know, watching football in 80s, 90s, you know, to now. Yeah. And, and I imagine yeah. that the dressing rooms are different. I mean, you also say in your book, actually, just, uh, you know, moving on to, to present day quickly, um, that... The, the, t- the England team now, led by Gareth South- Southgate, you know, could re- really represents you, you know. Yeah. Tell yeah. us about what, you know, the difference that you see. Yeah. I, yeah, it has changed in, in terms of the England team. But just to, if I can just go back to the, the when I first started in, in, in Arsenal and then I come back to the, the current, you know, it was a time where it was a normal thing to, you know, to, 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 to tell jokes or to tell off-colour jokes or banter, or, you know, whatever the term anybody wants to use. It was, it was part of the society at the time, more so than obviously things have changed now. You know, I remember TV programmes were just mm. full of it. It's like you know, everywhere you look. So, I mean, in terms of the entertainment and, and splatterings of, you know, jokes and banter that, you know, was offensive to to some people, so it was it was a more of a cultural thing. I mean, I remember programs like Love Thy Neighbor, which you know was like a program where a black family and a white family lived next door to each other, and it was like a sitcom, and it was just a constant you know, banter towards the black family about you know all kinds of racial stuff, and it was just that was on like mainstream TV R7 in the evening and you've got to remember back then there was just four stage, uh, TV stations so people like it'd be like 30 million um, people or 25 million people would watch that program mm. on that evening it wasn't like there was so many different programs now where people you know it, the program does well to get you know seven or eight million watching it nowadays because it's, it's been dispersed back then it was so concentrated yeah. Um, so you'd come into wherever your place of work. My place was obviously tr- the training ground, and everybody would be joking about last night's mm. program because everybody had seen it. So it was kind of that kind of culture that and society that we were in then. Um, so it, it has changed coming, leading coming forward to where we are now. That that banter, although I'm not in the changing room on a day-to-day basis now I, I am involved in the game and I work with with um, coaches and, and, and players um, and that banter I don't I don't think I've seen that I can't remember seeing that the banter that I've had towards mm-hmm. me in a dressing room I can't remember the last time I've seen that um, so that's kind of gone out from what I've seen it's yeah. that's gone out of the game the, the game itself in, in, in the dressing room 
I was going to say, um, definitely in the dressing room, I think, you know, mm. you can maybe speak of uh, of that kind of behind the scenes and, you know, we, we, we're seeing, you know, managers be very public about their support of, of the young players and making sure that there is a kind of zero tolerance on racism. And, uh, you mm. know, Julie was alluding to, to, to Gareth Southgate there, but I think... Mm. Um, I think we definitely need to come back to the Southgate point, but mm. I'm, you know, something that was very and and potentially could be very triggering for people. Um, but we, you know, we still see it from the fans now. You know, you said in your book, you know, you'd get booed by the fans who'd make, um, you know, monkey noises at you and throw bananas mm. at you. And you know, I think even in the last twelve months, you know, mm. we've seen moments of that from fans. And I think as a player, that must be so tough that your home, you know, your home fans are, are doing that and the impact it must have on on your game yeah. and, and not even just the game, just you mentally, you know? Yeah, I think I think the mental thing is is the thing, the mentality to 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 withstand that um, abuse. Um, and I, I, I don't know if I've I, I've mentally got through it. I, yeah. I, I feel as though I have, but I don't know if it's affected me in other ways. Um, it is a mental thing that you have to go through with this sort of stuff if it's constant. So as you just mentioned mentioned there, uh, Natasha, it's, um, it's when you're playing, and back when I was playing and I was getting abused and to be fair, I, it was when I went away. I never felt abused obviously at Arsenal I didn't yeah. ever feel that the fans were abusing me for my colour I do remember getting booze for my performances yeah. which is which is you know they, they want a performance <laughs> and if they don't they're not happy with it they, they will boo and shut it, which is that's what we are so yeah. I, I kind of accept that but as for for, for my colour I never felt that amongst Arsenal towards me Yeah. Uh, when I travelled to different parts of the country back then it was it was horrendous it's like you know i remember going to so many grounds particularly north some in some in the south um um where majority of the fans were obviously of of that team Mm. um and it would yeah it'd be all of them abusing you on the pitch uh, racially abusing me on the pitch i was the only black player and i kind of mentally to kind of sort of work your way through that before I think the lead up to a game of that type is 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 tough because you know it's coming you know there's no doubt you're going to get abused and it's going to buy a large section 90% and say of that crowd so back then there used to be 60,000 regularly to away games mm. um, and you know 50,000 50, would be every time I got the ball there'd be some sort of noise or chant um so yeah, you, as uh, mentally you have to find a way of dealing with that, um, and some don't. And I remember um, playing at Chelsea. Uh, this would have been early eighties, Arsenal in the first team. So this would have been sort of my first or second season in the, in the team. I'm the only black player playing for Arsenal at Stamford Bridge in front of probably about sixty thousand people obviously there's 55,000 Chelsea supporters yeah 5,000 Arsenal so there's a small section and you know I've got the usual stuff every time I've got the ball there's 55,000 just 
racially abusing me, booing me, whatever they're trying to do to 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 sort of get me off my game. Yeah. But that was normal in a sense at that time from you know, it, it happened at other grounds as well. So, you know, I had to adjust myself to that every time and, and prepare myself for it. But what um what really um struck me in, in that particular game was Chelsea had a young black player who was substitute on that day. His name was Paul Cannonville. I don't know if he'd done any interviews or he'd be a good good mm. person to speak to about all this. He's he's um Paul Cannonville his name is. Mm. Um Yeah, you said you say in your book he, that he that was about in the mid yeah. eighties and he was he was abused by his own fans. Exactly, yeah. I, I write about this in the book because yeah. it sticks it, st- it stuck with me. And I remember thinking at the time, um he started to he wasn't on the pitch. He started to warm up to come onto the pitch and they were booing him. His wow. fans were booing mm. him, you know, racially abusing him and booing him. And I I just like I, I still remember this day where I was play I was in the game thinking, like, this is crazy. His own his own fans. Mm. I mean, it's crazy enough that I'm getting abused and blah blah blah, but you know, for for his own fans not to kind of recognise or to well, they're doing. empathy to understand that, you know, yeah, it's 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 crazy and they booed him. And I think his career, we talked about the mental side of it, his career didn't take off at all. Mm. And he was a great talent. He went on through depression. There was a lot he's written he's written his own story. Um so yeah the mental well, my point really is the mental side is is really, really strong in a sport anyway, you have to be quite strong mentally in sport, very strong. But Resilient. I think, yeah, I think as, as a black person back then, you had to have a, another sort of level of mentality, I think. Mm. Um, so, yeah, um, and we all found different ways of, of make, getting through that. I mean, there's, there's guys like... Um, um, Sil Regis, Luther Blissett, Brendan Batson, um, Brendan Batson. Mm. Um, those guys were a little bit older than me, and they were kind of my sort of role models. Really, I was I was always looking at them to see how they were dealing with stuff. They were playing at other clubs, and I was probably about five years younger than them, and I was always trying to find ways because we never met up i never met them we weren't like i knew knew them personally i'll see them on the screen playing these guys but i could identify with them and they kind of there was there were people that i felt um had gone through stuff that i'm going through mm. and over time i did get to meet them and i had conversations with them how do you deal with it what's you know what's the strategies and and and, and each of them had different ways of kind of dealing with, with the banter or the abuse they were getting. Um, so, yeah, we all find our own different ways of, of dealing with it. Um, it's not right, we, you know, we, we, we know that. Um, but what could we do? The authorities at the time, it wasn't, it wasn't as serious as it is now. Yeah. Um, things have changed, yeah. I, you know, we've we come to, to Gareth from what he's done. And, I, mm. you know, I'm talking a book about my, my admiration for, for what he's trying to do. Um, so yeah, that's it's. Uh, so it, what about your song mystery. then? Because we're still which talking one? about the Davo song. Then, oh, it, it was, right, yeah. do you think that was banter, or do you think that was you know? I, 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 okay. I went. Uh, so it, sorry, go on. Yeah. So the nickname, my nickname. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the Davo, Davo, and then they had that okay. song. 
um, that yeah. they were singing, and that, and I don't know whether that's got racist overtones now, looking back on it twenty odd years ago, or whether uh, it's just loads of football yeah. fans want something to sort of like rhyme and or yeah. Like, yeah. You know, that people can sing along to. Yeah, I guess even like microaggressions, you, some people might yeah. even mm. suggest. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Microaggressions is an interesting one, and I've kind of looked at that as well. I, with my nickname, I don't ever. I've never received that as a as a, a banter in that way. I've never kind of taken it um, as a as an insult, or I've always seen it as a, a bit of admiration for me. In mm. terms, I think uh, so. I've never uh, seen it that way. I've, I've always because the name, my nickname, Davo, um, and I talk about it in the book, was given to me by. Um, the Arsenal, some of the younger Arsenal players. Actually, mm. actually it was um, Kevin Campbell who, um, who uh, I spoke to quite recently. And it was, yeah, it came from an American singer back in the 60s who had a song um, called Deo. Mm. Uh, I don't know, people may not yeah. know it's good. It goes, Deo, Deo. It's a bit like, uh, I think, um, Queen sung it, actually. Um, was it? Oh. Yeah. But the song was Dale, and they kind of, they thought that, well, Kevin felt that I looked like this American singer. So it's like the song, I looked like him. Okay. Let's call it, and my surname is Davo, you know, Davis Davo. So they kind of, they kind of just linked it like that, and it's like just stuck. But that's where it came from. But I've never seen that. endearment, right? Yeah. That's more of an endearment, especially from like the younger players who were obviously like looking up to you. Yeah. And like everybody's like, people, call me now you know Dave are now and they don't they've got no idea yeah. <laughs> it's just shout it's out amazing, in the street yeah. it's just that yeah it's amazing nicknames I look into I've kind of like it's fascinating me because like I've got I've worked with 17 year old national England footballers yeah and they've heard they've heard somebody call me Dave and they will call me Dave <laughs> and they have they've got no idea of the history of it so but they've just kind of they just see they just see it as a you know, I answer to it, so they just yeah. feel well, it's okay. If probably if I didn't answer to it, they probably would call me by my real name. Yeah, Paul. sure. <laughs> but I'm happy with it. I'm happy. With it. <laughs> it gives a sense of belonging. It's like I say, it's, yeah, it is. A, I do see it as a, a term of endearment really, for me. That particular name for me. Okay. Um, yeah, but coming, coming, yeah, coming to Gareth. Um, so, yeah, I've got nothing but admiration for what. Gareth has done in this space. Um, I, 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 I see. I see how difficult it is for people to to have these dis- discussions around these kind of topics. And I've got nothing but admiration for people that are prepared to step into it. Mm. Um, you know, like like you guys here. You know, you're doing you're doing stuff that many people are trying to do. or don't, I'm not aware of it or whatever the reason is um I've not got the courage to do it because it takes you know I think for me it takes courage all this stuff because it's change it's trying to change things trying to you know uh, make change or trying to have discussions about things that are uncomfortable which yeah. I don't know, for me is, is a brave step and so for me Gareth Gareth has done that throughout his time as, as, a, as a manager of England, I've seen many different examples of how he's he's done that. So yeah. I talk about I talk about my relationship with Gareth because you know in my work we 
and I played against him back in, back in the day. You know, and I'm a little bit older, but I still, uh, you know, we still have chats about uh, sort of playing against each other. And yeah, I think somebody like Gareth is exactly what we need in terms of this this type of stuff. Mm. Um, and he's been prepared to you know, step up and 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 and, um, and, and be brave and, and try to to change things. Yeah. Um, Football's evolved, so, hasn't it? I mean, it really has from decade to decade. So we need a new manager that has has evolved also, you know. Whereas yeah, I think, uh, sorry, sorry, uh, Jude, I think, yeah, he has, he has moved with it and, you know, the players, um, I know, respect him highly, you know, all the players, black players and the white players and they've kind of gone with his lead and he's allowed them all to be themselves and I think that's really crucial that that, that any leader does that yeah. and he's, he's been fantastic for that and I nothing but admiration I talk about it in the book I talk about some stories that I've got with Gareth mm. around around her playing around the work that he's done and the work that I've tried to do in my time in football and I think another reason for me doing the book is that I've been in it for so long I've seen the different eras, the different generations. I've been involved with different players and different coaches and different generations. I've spoken to lots of people around not just the game, but you know what the game can do to people in other areas. And the, the, there's a lot that uh, I felt that I needed to share um, for people that wanted to um, read about or are curious to learn about. And I think that's uh, that's another thing for me is the curiosity to kind of find out what, what we don't know. Mm, um, don't know, what we don't know. Yeah, and we have to <laughs> each. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm a big believer that each of us have to have our own desire to learn. And, and I've gone away, and you're always, you're always learning. I think mm. you know, mm. and I've tried to do that in this particular area. Why is it where we are? We are where we are now. Um, mm. Well, yeah. We want to talk to you about your kick it out work and show racism red card. But before we get on to that, I just I couldn't not ask you about the eighty eight eighty nine incident um, around mm-hmm. Glen Cockrell and mm-hmm. and you said that um, banter or, or um, you know there was no name calling during that incident. But I suppose what I wanted to ask you was you got a nine match ban, you got a massive fine, which was unheard of at that time. Um, do you think that was biased against you as a black man? Yeah, it's it does. It's really hard to 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 um, to say yes or no for sure on that. You know, there's no evidence behind whatever I would say. All all I'd say is that it was the the, the media coverage at the time was huge. Um, it happened. Yeah. Um, eight, I mean, for about five or six weeks, well, three or four weeks, it was front page, um, mm. the incident and what should happen to me because of it. Um, you know, and I I, I snapped. Mm. I snapped in a game. Um, it, it was a build-up of frustration and um, I shouldn't have done what I did. Um, but the, um, the fallout from that was was massive it was everywhere it was you know on the radio on the tv it was yeah. it was the biggest biggest thing and um 
it's actually been that, called that like one of the first like big trials yeah. by media, yeah. hasn't it? Like that's it was, one of the it was, first. It was trial by by media. It was it was an incident that happened on the pitch, and I'll talk about it in the book. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you do. That, but that, um, um, it was an incident that the referee didn't see, so mm-hmm. he couldn't book me or I couldn't get sent off. But uh, it was caught on camera. But if you'd have seen um, it, you'd have got a three-match ban. And you didn't exactly, see it, you yeah. got a nine-match ban. Yeah, I mean, that exactly. seems no justice. Yeah, so it was cool. very supportive well, of the I'm, 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 I'm angry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was one of those where, yeah, exactly that, uh, Julie. If, it had, if the referee had seen it, it would have been... Uh, but yeah, it was caught on, on a news camera that was... It wasn't... So back then, games were what not recorded or the, not every game was on TV it was like yeah was maybe one game a week was on TV and that wasn't even live it was isn't like now I just want to get for people yeah I just want people to understand how it was back then it so so for um for it was like a, a news um, camera team there just filming parts of the game and it it just caught my incident in the bottom part of the, the screen and then it just got shown on the nine o'clock news apparently and it just blew up and it was just the biggest thing and it changed my life in in the footballing sense really because mm. it, it, it pushed me back uh, in terms of my England career and so I talk about the effect it had yeah. uh, but I think I think the coverage was was excessive um, but who knows you know you can't you can't really quantify all that. I don't know whether it would have been the same if it had been somewhere else. It's just, it might have been, you know, it's the first. It was the first time that it had been, you know, trial by TV. They called it. And, yeah. um, so also, maybe it's going to first, but I, it was it was every every treatment. And then I look at some of the coverage that you know we could go off topic. Yeah. And we can look at coverage of other things in life and just see is that is that a real balance coverage or, and but it's hard to it's, it, it's hard to prove stuff and it, i would yeah. have i, I wouldn't I, I can't and i've never gone out and said something stuff that i cannot prove but i can talk about i can talk about my experiences i can talk about things that i've seen and just explain that and just leave it there but i can't say yeah that's why we try that's why we're doing these podcasts you know uncovering mm. inclusion because the, a lot of these things you can't prove but it's more about sort of then the effects of the exclusion or the effects of it. So I think that's why it's important that we do start talking about things like this, and whether it makes you feel uncomfortable or us feel uncomfortable, whoever's listening, you know, yeah. the, the people who gave you that nine match ban were three middle-aged mm. white blokes or, you know, older white blokes, you know, if that panel would have been, had a different makeup, would there have been different outcome? And I'm not mm. saying it was a racist outcome at all, but I think we've just got to start asking questions and, trying to learn from that now yeah. and I think you're absolutely right that we are and Gareth says it's going in the right direction and I suppose this gives us a great in to talk to you about your kick it out work and show races in the red card tell us about that yeah so I've been involved with with uh, both organizations for I think uh, kick it out since it started in 93 I think and with um, show race in the red card it's a little bit younger uh, but I've been involved with them as well. So, yeah, these are these are organisations that are, you know close to me because of my experiences and because of what I feel how I feel about this. Um, and 
you know wanting to do something to 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 make a make a difference in this area so both organizations i mean one of the things that um that i've learned is that you know the great organizations and they do great work but they don't get any fun you know you look at you know look behind and look at the funding to support them it's like oh man it's painful and um i look at i look at that and i think well it doesn't make sense you know people talk about supporting this and doing the right thing and but then when you look behind the what's actually happening behind the scenes of it it's like i won't say chaotic but the support isn't what it should be if it's that yeah. important to people um and I, I i look at that sort of stuff often now um the, you know what's going on behind mm. that sort of um glossy image or the the um glossy pictures is a is a real stuff going on and so that's where I come from with a lot of it. Yeah. And I, I, I was in admiration for what these organisations were doing under such limited resources. Um, and I don't think people know how small the resources are at least because it's not really discussed. No one really talks about it. I mean, I remember when I first started looking at um, what uh, sort of Kick It Out was being supported. So everyone's saying we support Kick It Out all the all the football organizations you know we want to get out you know it's a good organization organization and we support it but then when you find out what the actual support is the mm. figures in terms of financial million million pound business and you're, you're talking in thousands uh, yeah, exactly. yeah it just says a lot and uh, i think you know so i've always personally just tried to support um whenever they've asked me to, mm. to do stuff and um, and uh, yeah I, I would i would encourage people to 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 do what they can to to support these these organizations because they they're trying to do the right thing and it's it's for all our benefit i always think um uh that with all this stuff the people the minorities are affected so you know women women that women you know mm. we're talking about black but women are minorities in a lot of situations mm. so they get affected black people get affected um it but it also is i i believe some in the others are affected as well the people the, the non-minorities are affected as well because they i look i look at people sometimes and i just see the confusion in their eyes yeah. and i feel like they don't really some some i can't say everybody some just don't know what's going on yeah they just can't work it out and i, I actually see i personally see that and i feel oh, like you, you just don't get it yeah it just you can't what for whatever reason you you can't see what food you know through the woods here you just mm. you just can't see it so in a way sometimes funny enough it's like i, I can see the confusion i feel i feel sorry and so and i could see the the pain almost sometimes it's like yeah yeah, so I, I come from it from both ends, uh, and uh, I've been an, I've been in and around it enough times for long enough to know that you know there are different types of people. There's people that know what they're doing mm. and do it anyway. And there's people that don't know what they're doing and don't know how to get out of it, and mm. you know, sort of bumble through. So yeah, that's kind of my kind of take on it. So I've, I, I strangely enough, I try and have a sympathetic. I am, 
people that might um, are against what I believe. Yeah. Mm. I'm conscious of time. Um, one of the um, one of the things that we talk about here and to really simplify inclusion um, and diversity is we say that inclusion is an action. So um, can you possibly share with us your maybe your top tip or inclusive action that maybe you'd want people to hear or take away or it could even be you know you talked at the beginning around um, being courageous um yeah I'd just be keen to know your uh, mm. your final thought on that yeah I I would say um yeah the, the courage to to do something different to what you did yesterday in this space um yeah I love that I think, I think, yeah, I just think it, it just takes the courage to, to get out of that sort of environment that we get stuck, that I see people get stuck in. Yeah. And having, having I, I do think it does take bravery because it's doing something that you're not used to doing. Um, yeah, I would say that. And there's another one, I think the awareness or the curiosity to be aware mm. of difference yeah uh, yeah i've kind of done it myself i mean i've i've gone away and i've looked at it looked at all this area it's kind of it's been my life and i've seen how it's affected my life and i've seen how it's affected others yeah and I, i've wanted to go away and just see what what what, what is this what is what what can i find out more about this and how can i help within my own where I can help you know I'm not going to try and do things I can't do affect people I can't affect but yeah I think for me it'd be just that courage it does Mm. yeah just Mm. to step out so uh, yeah that that would be it awesome that's a very Mm. good top tip I like that one yeah some good ones there courage and curiosity love it yeah well Paul, thank you. This has been um, a really enjoyable conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Um, I know I really appreciated it. Yeah, really great chat. Thank you so much. Well, well, what do you think of that? Very interesting, actually. Yeah. I think a lot to say about banter. Yeah. Um, and again, it's on the fence. You know, is it good or is it bad? I'm I'm still like really mixed. Even you know when you hear people talk about it, and you know, I, I absolutely hate. And I know we had someone say to us on Twitter, you know, they cringe when someone says, "Oh, it's just banter." Mm. And I must admit, I feel the same. Like I mm. always feel really, really uncomfortable, and it feels like it gets used a lot. And is that uncomfortable because it's aimed at you? or aimed at someone else, or why are you uncomfortable? Because I feel like people say, oh, it's just banter to pass off when they're making, mm. like, either a, a dig or, you know, it is, it's, you know, it could be overtly racist or mm. misogynistic, and then people go, oh, it's just banter, you're just being sensitive. And mm. that, for me, like, it yeah, really brings bothers in the me. sensitivity. Yeah, yeah, it's your fault. You're, so, you're too sensitive. Yeah, you exactly. Know, I'd say what I like. It's and your think, fault. I think it's really hard for people that are allies who maybe are calling out mm. something that then the kind of they're then faced with someone going, "Oh, you're so sensitive." Yeah, yeah. you know, you can then see why people find it really uncomfortable yeah. stepping out of stepping out and saying. And Paul said that, didn't he? Yeah. He was saying that you know he would only choose his time 
when mm. he was going to call it out. And I think that's that's a fair thing. And it was really interesting that he was very reflective of his time yeah. you know, since he was younger and that he didn't always call anything out. And I thought that mm. was, you know, w- would that be different now to today's footballers? Are they more comfortable calling out the banter? I guess it depends on the culture of, like you said, you know, the culture of the dressing room. And yeah. clearly there's been a lot to happen. You know, there's these programmes now, you know, they've done the recent Arsenal one with... Um, Mikel and the team where they followed them for their I don't think we can say where it is but you know their documentary and actually you know you see very um Mm. open and honest conversations that are happening you saw Mikel talking to Saka post um Mm. Euros and you know all the kind of racial abuse that came out of that so actually you can see that there is a lot more zero tolerance in dressing rooms and but you look back and you think well you know Paul was the only black person in the dressing room yeah. You know, at one point and that isn't the case in UK football I wouldn't say now but no. it, that doesn't mean the racism gone or the banter's gone but it can't always be that to call out you know if someone is you know using banter as a shield it can't always be that it's the person that it's aimed at that has to do the no, calling out absolutely not no well I think we've had a great conversation with him mm. and, uh, yeah and his top takeaways around yeah. curiosity the two C's and the second one? Courage. Yeah. Courage and curiosity. I think they're great. So how do we bring that to life, do you think? It's allyship, I suppose, for courage. You know, if you see something, see someone, um, you know, bouncing. Is that a word? <laughs> you just <laughs> made a it bit on. of <laughs> just if you see it, sometimes, you know, oh, I don't You know. sound like the... Um, <laughs> You sound like the tube. If you see something that doesn't seem right. Well, that's... Called that's Dr. True. Julie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, but, I mean, you know, let, let's face it. The sexual harassment, racism, bullying is often dressed up as, as banter. Mm. And it takes courage to, to try and stop that. Especially when we've got, you know, I think it's around 70% of... Um, of people, uh, that, that, in HR people that were recently surveyed, said that they wouldn't ban banter in the workplace i mean people still love banter yeah. so it's just a way around it and it's a way of it's a way to find the courage to stand up against it if it's you know it's turning pretty shitty because there is a fine line and it's not it, you know knowing what that is isn't it i suppose yeah i mean there's a, a there's an anti-bullying practitioner called john Kahn, and he said there's three types of banter Oh. Uh, so first is Dr. Julie. <laughs> Welcome. <Doing> my research. <laughs> <laughs> but he said it's uh, the three types: friendly, and no one gets hurt. The second is it's ignorant. Um, no one's intended to get hurt, uh, but if somebody does get hurt, then that person apologises to them. Okay. And the third type is it's malicious and it's designed designed to humiliate someone. So I think you know when you break it down like that, that's not really banter. That's just no. insulting and like yeah, like rude measuring your insult level. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's but interesting though. Yeah. Interesting way to look at it. Good topic. Good chat. Great convo. Awesome. I, uh... Thanks, everybody. Um, also, don't forget if you've got any interesting topics you wanted to talk about, send them on the socials. Yeah.